Hi, my name is James Andrella, and you are listening to the Back to Human podcast. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute or substitute for medical advice. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing the person that inspired me to take a much deeper dive into nutrition and to look beyond what is offered to us in our Western medical paradigm. On this episode, we are going to be discussing the most recent shots, and I'm going to try my best not to actually say the word because that hasn't led to the best results in terms of um, censorship. So best as I can, when we are referring to shots or jabs, you should have an idea of what we're talking about. Joining me on the show today, I have Bethany Paget. Bethany is a doctor of naturopathy. She holds a PhD in natural health and nutrition, a master of science in holistic nutrition. She is a functional blood chemistry analyst and also a Zyto specialist. Without further ado, Bethany, welcome to the show. Thank you, James. So glad you could join me today. So what motivated you to pursue the naturopath route? Did you ever originally intend to go the allopathic route? It's a good question. I, um, my, my Bachelor of Arts uh, degree is in social work. So as far as helping people, I've always kind of had that inclination. Um, And I ended up with um, a job as a social worker in a hospital, which was really interesting because I really got kind of a bird's eye view of, well, that system. And, you know, I grew up doing what every kid does. You know, you go to the doctor when you're sick, you, you know, we got shots, not as many as you do now. but I, I enjoyed working at the hospital and um, I under, began to understand medical charts and diseases and disorders. And, you know, and so then I kind of just fell into continuing in that in that vein. Right. Just you go to the doctor, you do what they say. Um, and, and then I think that probably changed a little once you know, I became a mother myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. How so? What, uh, did you see something differently that you didn't like? Was there like a turning point? It's funny, you know, again, there's like these small things that happen along the way. And then, and you, and I think it's, you know, you can call it God, the universe, something is telling you because it doesn't feel right. But, um, cause when I had my first daughter, um, you know, it was, it was really strange to me to give birth to this fresh new human being <laughs> who's perfect in most ways and then they just take took her right off and gave her the hepatitis b shot mm-hmm. and it just seemed strange to me in the first day you yeah. know and, and also understanding what that shot is about why these yeah. these kids aren't <laughs> yeah. you know, they're not involved in behaviors that would you know indicate you would be uh susceptible to hepatitis B. It's an STD. Yes, it's it's very strange. And and so I, I but you know, again, I, at the time I thought it was, I guess I kind of was young, but you know, you just think, well, you know, the authorities are telling you to do this and you just kind of go along with it. And and then I never could bring myself to um, go with her to her, uh, well, baby checkups because that's when they would do the shots. And I made my husband go, because it just, again, it just felt intuitively something didn't feel right about it. Um, so then I had, um, my second daughter and that just kind of continued. I mean, it was, um, she just had horrible, um, I guess, reactions to the shots, but more than that, being born with and having reflux and again, this perfect baby, and then they're on medication for a reflux at six weeks. It's like, how can you need a medication already? Yeah. Um, having trouble with, you know, ear infections and um, needing antibiotics and it just, things just didn't feel right. So I, you know, um, and, and my older daughter had an, a, a situation where she was in the hospital for five nights. And again, it was just, things were off. I just started to kind of 
kind of put the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, and, but yeah, this, so anyway, sorry, I'm kind of going Go long it. answer here. For, sure, um, but it, you know, it wasn't until um, my, old, my younger daughter just started having, um, again, the terrible reactions with the shots and I couldn't get answers. And then she just kind of started to regress and had a lot of, when I say regress with um, stopped talking, stopped making eye contact um, and was just sick all the time. And GI issues that were just horrible that again, nobody could explain. And it was just miserable. It was miserable for her. It was miserable for me. And doctors telling me that um, I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. I'm not experiencing what I'm, you know, just no one could, no one could help me. So I just decided, okay, I'm going to figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. So there was a little bit of gaslighting, it seems that was going on there. And you, so you were in the medical realm prior to having your children. So at that time, were you observing any of this? And could, could you see that with whomever the patients that were being brought in were? I don't know if you were working with like neonatal unit or. That's a very good question. And, you know, I'd never even thought about that. Um, I'd have to say I did not see that because being on the side of the medical professionals, whether they are doctors or nurses, and of course, you, we all think we know best and we're deciding these things for the patient, I probably participated in some way mm. without realizing it. And, you know, that's, yeah, that's wow. Cause I just, I never thought of it. I There, there's a dis, like there's a dissonance there. There's a veil and it's like this, this person, this patient, it doesn't even need to be a child or the patient's mother in this case, like is telling you something and they're telling you straight to your face, like, no, this is not the case. So what do you think that they're going based off of? Just blood work or? I think that um, a lot of these, you know, you're talking about the allopathic, those doctors, those medical professionals, they want everyone to fit in the same box. And if you don't and they can't figure it out, then you're not that the patient's not telling the truth. It, it just can't, they, they can't, they can't figure it out. There's like an algorithm or something, you know, it's it, it, a equals, you know, one plus one equals two, right. Mm -hmm. and, if, and if it's equaling three or four, the patient's lying. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I don't know if you ever watched the show house. No, I, I can't say well, that. It, it's kind of interesting because he would always say the patient always lies and he was a doctor, he's a medical doctor and trying to figure out some of the most difficult, most challenging cases. And, and there was a lot of, sometimes we do lie, right? If, you know, if you ever thought about, um, I've thought about when I was younger and you go fill out your history and it's like, you know, do you, uh, do you, how many times a week do you drink? And you don't want to admit, you know, that you're having a few more glasses of wine than you are, you don't. And so I think they just assume the patient isn't always honest. And so, and I get, so then when I was the mother of the patient, I was getting a lot of, you're not being forthcoming. And in a lot of ways, I, I was worried that they were going to see me as like Munchausen's by proxy syndrome, mm -hmm. you know, that I was crazy because on some level, I wanted my child to be sick and mm -hmm. I didn't, I just wanted to find out what was going on. Yeah. And th this is like mother's intuition that was kicking in. You wouldn't even want to go to the appointment. So you knew. And yes. I got to imagine that other mothers kind of sense this too, but what is, what is the alternative that I didn't know about any alternatives prior? I thought I just needed like a yearly physical before. Um, and then actually one of the things that stuck out during one of our conversations years ago, you said, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but people think that farting and burping is normal. I'm like, yeah, I mean, to me, it seems gross, but some people find it funny. And then you said something of, along the lines of like, food is fermenting in your body and it's expressing itself as flatulence. <laughs> and that was like a light bulb moment for me. And now, honestly, to anyone that's listening to the show, it's like, I eat really high quality food and I never deal with these issues. It sounds strange, but no, I, do, I don't belch and I don't need to, I don't have gas all the time. I don't bloat all the time. So right. 
my point with that is there is an alternative world, but unfortunately, mothers, as yourself in this instance, we we don't know it's there. So how how can how can we find this? It doesn't need to be um, something similar to what you experience, where you actually need to go through it, and then you know you hope not. You'd like to you know you'd hate to see. I know like with myself, I, um, my sister who's a couple of years younger than myself when she was pregnant and we had a long talk about, okay, don't, I, I wanted to forewarn and she watched what I went through. And so you, people that you care about, you want to give them, you want to encourage these mothers to, um, to go with their intuition and to do research for themselves and to know that really they're the authority on their child and you're the authority on your own body. Right. I mean, we don't, yes, and that's one thing with doing what I'm doing now. I like to partner with my client. I'm the educator. I'm, you know, I may have a little more knowledge than whoever's coming to me to, to, to get help, but I, I kind of see myself as a Sherpa. It's like, I'm going to, I'm in this with you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're the authority on on what's going on with you. And just because it doesn't fit into the the box, or the algorithm, it doesn't mean that you're not experiencing it. And it doesn't mean that you don't deserve to be educated and helped mm -hmm. and heard. I mean, I just think validation goes a long way, mm -hmm. it, especially with mothers. You're giving empowerment instead of coming from this authority figure. Yes. And, and it's, yeah, it's, I'll never forget. I took my daughter and, and my, my younger daughter and she'd had horrible diarrhea and I could not get it under control. And we had finally done, you know, gone gluten-free. God, you know, this is like 20, over 20 years ago. And that was like, you know, couldn't, there was no whole food. You couldn't, you couldn't find gluten-free things, right? Um, so, you know, I took her to the doctor and I said, I finally took gluten out of her diet. And I said, she's had her first formed bowel movement. Here we go. And um, he was like, well, that's just, you know, that, that's just a coincidence. He's like, you, that's, don't, don't, you know, don't do what you're doing. And again, it's someone telling you that you're wrong, that what you're experiencing is not what's going on. And I think gaslighting is the perfect word for it. And I don't think when you, I don't think the doctor goes, oh good, they're coming in, I'm gonna gaslight them. Mm -hmm. I just think they don't know what to say or do if, if when we come in with any kind of authority or confidence that I know what I know. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of ego that may come into play there where they don't wanna admit that what they've been doing may be wrong. And I, I don't think that anyone goes into the medical profession trying to harm someone. They are they're there with good intentions. Unfortunately, it seems that the education system or our, our medical education system has kind of been leading us down the wrong road and it's actually been making us sicker. I, I, I completely agree. And I think um, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And they seem to forget. It's just like, okay, I've got my, you know, 18 month old and she's now got a neurologist, a gastroenterologist, a nephrologist, you know, she's 18 months old. I mean, the specialist do you need? And they're not, they're treating the parts versus the whole. And it's like, wait, the kidney, what's going on with her kidneys may also be related to her other detox organs. It's like her, her elimination organs. Yes. But at the time. They didn't want to hear about what was going on neurologically or wherever else. It was like, oh no, I just deal with the GI stuff. And it's like, no one thought to put two and two together that neurologically your she was um wasn't speaking or had anything to do with her stomach hurting and having, you know, diarrhea. It, but they did. <laughs> that that's gotta be heartbreaking just to experience from your if I was in your shoes, that's something that would haunt me. So Thank you for sharing all this. Do so with your experience with shots. Were you actually very health minded before this occurred? So I know that you introduced like the gluten free diet. Um, what other experiences did you have with like shots prior to this yourself? Did you ever have any reactions? So Savannah, uh, your daughter she had uh, reactions where she was in the hospital for five days 
this was just the catalyst to change your whole life around or were you kind of a little bit more health conscious prior? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'd like to think that I was, you know, I thought, you know, part of being health conscious, health conscious was, you know, trying to eat, right. Whatever that meant at the time, you know, I didn't, doesn't mean to me what it means to me today. Um, we, we worked out, you know, we worked out at the gym. We, um, didn't smoke, you know, the things that are typical, I think what most Americans think. And, um, and then you, and of course, went to the doctor, I'm sick, I'm going to go to the doctor, he says, get, you know, the chicken box shot, we do it, you know, and again, that was another strange thing to me. I was like, why are we doing, I had chicken pox, I'm, you know, I, again, there's another one of those clues. Um, but I mean, I'd like to think we were, you know, we were, we tried to be to the best of our ability, but it was then beginning this whole thing with um, my younger daughter being diagnosed with um, with being diagnosed on the autism spectrum that I just really dove into what is actually going on. And, and that's what really, and then I started to realize how, how much further we had to go as far as being healthy. Hmm. So when you started to introduce um, like the gluten-free, obviously that was hard to find at the time. What other changes did you begin to make? And what did your family and friends think of this? Did they think that you were kooky? Did they think you were weird? And it's like, just no, just trust the doctors. Well, what would that process look like for you? Yeah, you know, I, um, you know, the day that, got, I taken my daughter to be evaluated at, at speech therapy and occupational therapy. They evaluated her. Um, I got in the mail, um, their diagnosis, and I just went full on with the computer. And I thought, what do I have to lose, right? To try the gluten and the casein-free diet. And, um, and it sounded a little crazy, but we did it. And I'm telling you within one to two days, she went from you know, I was kind of teaching her sign language because she was going to be turning two. So we were doing a little bit of that, but she went from not speaking to 50 words in like, I swear to God, 48 hours. Wow. And just, it was like, they just started falling out of her mouth and, and she was just, and she was starting to feel better. So I was sold and, you know, my husband and, and we were just like, okay, we're all doing this. I don't care how hard it is. I mean, I cooked up some crazy things. I've also come to realize it's okay to not have things in your diet. Like, you know, we don't need to have cookies and we don't need to have the cakes and we, we can, now we just more like, okay, let's have some good, you know, protein and some good vegetables. Right. We don't have to have those foods that people go and get the gluten-free cookies. And it was great because the girls were young and they wanted to enjoy some birthday parties and it helped them fit in a little bit. But um, yeah, my, you know, my family, when they got, when they saw how well, she was doing and how quickly she turned around they believed it and they were very supportive so i think for a lot of people if you do, if you don't see it happening in front of your eyes it is hard to believe yeah. but it, sure enough it was it made a huge difference and that was quick this wasn't something that was like subtle this was within 48 uh, hours 50 yes hours. yes now it's what was so interesting too was um, for those first 48 hours, it was like seeing um, a drug addict go through withdrawal. It was very interesting to watch her. It was like the sweating and the temper, <laughs> this little two-year-old just having a temp temper tantrum because she's not feeling well, but there was a withdrawal process. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. It's interesting that you say that because I don't think that we have a food and drug administration I think that we have a food with drug administration so a lot of the people uh, a lot of the things that people experience other other craziness that we have in the world like the anger issues and mass shootings and stuff like that I always look towards the food what's in the food and what's in the water how are these dyes and these uh, artificial flavorings how are they interacting with our brain because we have the gut brain access which I learned once you started mentioning that. <laughs> and I really started to be mindful of what I'm eating. So I'm very, very strict. 
I don't eat any cookies, no cake or anything like that as well. It just logically, it brings me no joy because I rather feel like I am performing optimally every single day and I can go run, I can go run out of the hills, I can go play sports and I never miss a step. But meanwhile, if I was to quote unquote indulge in those things, it's like, I'm going to feel it. I'm either going to be in the toilet, I'm going to have some brain fog, maybe I'll experience some skin issues, which my skin issues went away once I started to be mindful of my nutritional intake. It's like, these are all things that people don't realize that they're dealing with. And uh, a quote that one of my mentors actually mentions, it's like, it's like sleeping on a bed of nails. So if your entire life, all you've ever had is you've had the gluten, you've had the Gatorade, you've had the Capri Suns, whatever they may be, the Dunkaroos, and it's just normal. We pass this on from generation to generation. If that's all you've ever known all your life, you never know what symptoms are actually coming from that. So... If you have the the night when you do get to sleep on like a comfortable bed, it's going to be like a night and day difference. However, in this case, unfortunately, and even if people are going to make some dietary change, there may be some unpleasant symptoms that you deal with in the process of detoxing. Yes. And, and that's an important point because a lot of people, and she was young, so she doesn't have, didn't have quite as much to, you know, if we're older you're going to go through more than a couple of days. You could go through weeks. And I think people want to give up. They want to, because it's hard. Yeah. And, you know, when you're speaking, you know, we, the whole family, you know, changed up at least at that point, the very first move was the gluten and casein free, but problems. My husband had had with psoriasis and some of his, some of his GI symptoms disappeared. My older daughter had had some, and they started to dissipate. And it was like, wow, it was, you know, varying degrees where everybody started to feel better and look better. Mm-hmm. And then I just, that was like, I mean, my eyes, I mean, we just kind of got, we were just like, wow. And that, then I'm like, well, what else am I missing? You know, <laughs> yep. what else do I need to know? It's exciting. It, <laughs> it, it's, it's very addicting. So I, I have all these books back there and I get more books than I can read at this point. It's like, no, I want to know. <laughs> Because there's always a, a piece that's missing. So I feel. Yes. So with with the change that you saw in your daughter within that sh- very short period of time, what would you attribute that to? Would it be solely due to the fact that um, she was being exposed to the gluten and the casein products? Or do you think it was more due to the shot or both? You know, I think what I think is, and this is very a general I think we, because then people will say, well, you know, my child had the shots and they're fine or they think they're fine, but, but they're, you know, right. They're living they're They're able to speak. They're able to participate in sports and school. So yeah, they think they're fine, but I think genetically, you know, um, we have some fragilities or some challenges and for whatever reason, her makeup just, it was harder on her. Because my daughters, obviously, we have same mother and father. Mm-hmm. One had handled the shots different than the other. And so I just think it has to do with exposure to other things, things I passed on during the pregnancy even. I think, you know, you go back and you try to figure out what, what did I do wrong? And like, I was like, oh, I had a tooth filled. You know, I had a cavity. I think, well, was that it? Because I didn't have the, you know, you just try to figure out things. Maybe my toxic burden was a bit more during that pregnancy. I also had her by C-section. I didn't have my older daughter by C-section. There's studies that talk about, you know, that being, you know, part of why some of these kids, there seem to be more kids with on the spectrum that um, are born by C-section. Also, uh, because she was having such um, reactions to the shots, the doctor would say, oh, give her some of this Tylenol. Mm. And now we know there are, there's cases in front of courts now against um, Tylenol, kids that have autism um, and took the Tylenol, either their mothers during pregnancy, they think there's a correlation there. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Tylenol tends to, uh, we don't, it really seems to suck the, it it, it makes the uh, glutathione in in our body diminish. So I, is that part of it? You know, I didn't do the Tylenol with my older daughter. So, you just try to figure out like all the little small pieces, but 
you know, I, you never, it's hard to answer it all. You just try to find what works and then just keep moving with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's really hard to like pinpoint just one thing. I wish we could. Right. I mean, I think the thing that bothers me a, a lot of times is when people go, oh, there's no way that shots can, you know, play a role in an autism spectrum disorder. And I, and for a while that really bothered me because it, it, it fed into people saying, well, you're, you know, there's kind of gaslighting, right? We were talking about, but then I think it's made me want to say, oh, you have a peanut allergy? Well, I don't. So you're not really going to suffer from an anaphylaxis, which that's obviously not true, but it goes back to the question, well, why does eating peanuts possibly kill you? Mm -hmm. And I can eat them without a problem. And it's, these are questions that are just, they're tough and we, you just have to adjust and understand that each person is unique. Yeah. And it's, yeah, everyone is unique. And when you do diminish someone's experience, it's like, who do they have to go to now? And that, that can be an extremely lonely, lonely feeling. Oh, yes. Yes. I, I felt like that, you know, and, you know, it was, that was tough. You know, I can see moms give up or moms, you give up on yourself. I think if it had been me, I probably would have given up a little sooner. But when it's your kids, you know, it's it's like, oh, no, um, I'm going to figure this thing out. And, and since you brought up the peanut allergy, by the way, I know that was kind of off topic, but uh, I've actually had on a previous podcast and some of the books that I have, uh, they mentioned that the adjuvants in the shots could be what's actually leading to people having allergies to things that we never that are health foods like eggs, like egg whites. It's like, where are all these strange autoimmune issues coming up or these weird allergies? Where do these come from? Is it something to do with the adjuvants that's in the shots? You know, and that's a that's a real possibility. You know, you've got the aluminum and, the, you know, the thimerosal or the mercury and you've got um, polysorbate 80 and I mean, some of this stuff, I, I worry about things like, um, I'm not trying to, it's not, this isn't a religious topic, but even aborted fetal tissue. We don't mm -hmm. know what, where that line came from, or, you know, there's talk about that, but what does that mean genetically for my body? How does that interact? You know, there's, have you, I, you, I don't know if we talked about this or not, James, but with the polio mm -hmm. and what was it, the simian virus, um, you know, they think that there's that connection with cancer um, for some people. So we don't know. We don't know what it's like to have a little bit of, um, you know, monkey virus in our system from a shot. Mm. You know, we're, we're, to me, we're, we're playing with fire. You don't know really what you're what we're going to get. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And uh, I actually want to look into this really quick. So we are going to I'm going to grab a book as okay, good. before. So since you mentioned the spiritual component and you actually just picked up a book from Tom Callan, this is one of his. Oh, okay, I'm going to have to get that. I have yeah. a book. Oh. His, the one I have is about heart heart problems, but I'm on. The human heart, cosmic heart? Yes, that's the exact one I have. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. So in regards to the spiritual component of it, uh, the opening for this book actually states, in future, children will be shot with a substance which it will certainly be possible to produce and this will make them immune so that they do not develop foolish inclinations connected with spiritual life. Foolish here, of course, in the eyes of materialists. So I was actually curious, and I guess we can get into um, the next topic, which would be the most recent shots. Do you feel like that potentially has happened? that there's, they have shots that disconnect us from God, from the universe, from source. And now we have these kind of drones. I know this is gonna probably be a topic that triggers the crap out of people. Uh, <laughs> so you can run away now if you want to. I know, I love it. <laughs> I'm curious when we get the people that are willing to gaslight you and diminish your experience, is there a, a disconnect there where where they're almost like drones on autopilot and i believe that you do some brain training as well i heard that on a previous podcast like where are they getting these thoughts from because they're not trusting what they're actually observing with their eyes 
Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, especially with you for talking about the the, the latest jabs with the, it's so hard to know what to believe, right? We just, I, I mean, I ever since COVID hit, I mean, it's, I've been paying attention to see, and, and I listen just about to everybody that I can and um, I have to agree with every, everything that everybody says, right? But it's good just to get to hear things about, from all these different doctors like Sher Sherry Tenpenny, I don't know if you, um, yeah. Julie Mikovits, um, you know, I mean, even Steve Kirsch, you know, listening to him, he's not a doctor, but, you know, on, Dr. Artis, I don't know if you've listened to him mm -hmm. at all. Um, and then listening to, yeah, this this shot is a, is a gene therapy, right? It's with the messenger RNA and how is that impacting our genetics? And and a lot of people have, um, Taryn Kingston, listening to her talk about the patents with the with these shots and it's like an, more of an AI type of thing. You know, that's not the right words, but it's, it, it is interesting. And to me, being around some of these individuals who've clearly had kept up with the jab, there does seem to be a disconnect. Neurologically, some, something seems to be going on mm. with their minds. I, I don't, I, you know, you, I think one of the things that started for me when all of the, when all of this started with my daughters was just, you know, and I think you've probably gone through the same thing as you, you're like, well, if I'm being lied to about this, what else am I being lied to about? And you just kind of keep peeling back the layers of the onion. Mm -hmm. And, and I just think even with the last three years, with the way things were handled all over the world, something's going on. And yeah, it's, there's, to me, it is a spiritual warfare on some level. I mean, I don't know if that answers the question or, but I, or if it's. It, I mean, it, it does. I do believe that this whole thing has been spiritual too. I, I don't know what the ramifications of engaging with that is. And as soon as the shots started to come out, I was like, begging people don't get it like I was I was angry I was very adamant I was like stop don't do this I was providing them with links and articles but it didn't seem to matter like nothing seemed to matter they had already made up their mind so even if they're shown something that clearly is evidence that these are not what they say they are it really didn't matter it's like the the mass psychosis I think that was mentioned but I forget who said Peter that Bragan, I think was one of them. Was it Peter? I know, I know what you're talking, Robert Malone. The yeah, other. yeah. Do you know what I, with your saying that, when I'm thinking is how much did, did probably not you or me, but how much did we watch people operate from fear? Yeah. Just plain fear, you know, versus, and what is fear? I mean, fear is a very low vibrational, it's, it's very, it's a low, low vibrational energy. And, it's like people just made those decisions based from there. It's like a dark, to me, it's a dark, right? It's mm -hmm. versus if we're making decisions from faith and love that it's so healthy. It's, it's healthy for our, 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 our minds and our body and our spirit. And how many people were running around getting after people for not keeping their mask up or not wearing their, I mean, it was horrible. It was sad. We we've, the injury to me was from a lot of that, you know, from the just so much fear. I like that you mentioned that because I don't think that faith and fear can coexist. And with this recent jab, something popped up in my head where I was like, you know, I I don't think that they can actually force it on you there. I could be making this up, but I thought about it. It's still voluntary no matter if you were in a position that was, uh, it was mandatory, you could have left. Right. You could have left or you could have sued, potentially brought up some type of lawsuit. I know that that's happened in some cases, or you could have got an exemption. So part of me believes that the reason why they needed to go through this whole masquerade and get everyone so fearful is so that they could coerce them to take it because I don't think that they can actually force it upon you. I, Maybe there's something illegal with God 
where it's like, no, you can't do that. But if you choose to take it, then you are going to experience whatever consequences come of that. Right. So with the most recent jab shot, with patients, whatever you can, I guess, uh, express through this, because I know there's like HIPAA laws and stuff like that. What generally have you seen? Is there any type of remorse for taking it? And do you think that once it's done, it's done? Or do you think there is any coming back from it? You know, it, it's been interesting because, of course, you, I've had, I've had um, clients reach out and it's, I don't think they even know it's from the jab. They just know, oh, I've just had a young person um, who's having some heart issues and I don't think, didn't even, he didn't even know, like he didn't make the connection. So what do you do? You just work with the person where they're at with what, with, 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 with what is going on. Um, and I, then I've seen some, um, talk to some people who've had like um, central nervous system issues, tremors, headaches, and that's, and I don't, so those that do know, or, or, or there's been some people that have come forward and just said they were, they woke up and sadly they're not experiencing any problems, but now they're sorry they took it. So what, you know, what they want to know what to do. I've seen um, more friends and family get get diagnosis of cancer. And I think that was one of the expected side effects um, with these. Um, and I, the question is so interesting is, you know, I don't know if you've listened to Dr. Stella Emanuel. Have you heard her? Have you heard? Well, she's something else. I, I do think that um, we can come back from it. I think a person who has remorse and and has the desire to heal that that can happen for them mm -hmm. have you had any cases where people have resolved those central nervous issues where the tremors and such are have dissipated not not as of yet um i think it's going to take take some time mm -hmm. and i think and that's uh, that's how I'm, I'm hopeful you know what i'm saying i'd like to think that these things can eventually be resolved, but I guess that remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. Only time is going to be able to tell. Yes. So, what suggestions? And this isn't medical advice. I'll put the disclaimer. Yeah, yeah no medical but, advice. Yeah, <laughs> the medical advice. Uh, do you have any recommendations for people that are looking to potentially heal from this? Yeah, you know, I um, I. When you sent me some questions, it was really great because I was able to, it's always good to be, to remind yourself why you do what you do because you kind of get caught up in the day to day. And, you know, I just loved, I went back and I reviewed what really is naturopathy or what is a naturopath. And, and it's, it's about working with the person as a whole. So yes, there are protocols that I think would be very effective to get started on if just in general, but working with the person, their individual situation, working with them as a whole. Um, and, you know, when you, if, you know, if anyone decides to work with a naturopath, you need to understand that it's, it's education. You're going to get, they're a facilitator. I'm going to explain to you the different things that, you know, you can um, consider doing to hopefully heal, but, you know, keeping your body, like we've talked about, good food, good whole foods, good clean water, sunshine. Um, I think it, at one point you and I talked, you bring kind of into the grounding a little bit with the, which is excellent. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all those things, all those things. Um, and again, getting in touch with um, whether it's God or whatever your source is, your spiritual source, um, just that whole, it's just a whole healing modality of just, you know, remembering that nature is a healing force mm -hmm. and to remember that your body wants to be healthy and well, and to just start with those types of things. And then, then we can do, we can dive down into looking at blood work and things like that. Where are you deficient um, with your, maybe some, like your nutritional status and, those types of things, but um, 
yeah, I, I just, I just love the whole naturopathic approach was just, just, you know, dealing with each individual as a whole person and just doing those things that we know are good for us. Good rest, being around good people. Mm. That it's honestly, I mean, to me, it makes a lot of sense. That's also the reason for the podcast back to human, which uh, could also be considered back to nature because we have all these remedies. We are a part of nature. We are one with nature. Um, but yeah, you have to actually talk to and have a deep conversation with the person. Like you have to have some type of connection there. And yes. that can be very difficult for people to do, especially I, I like that you mentioned earlier lies because we have been lied to about many, many, many things. And I know that when when you woke up, it was probably a punch to the gut. It's like, oh my God. Yes. And then there's more. And then there's more. Yes. It depends on what rabbit holes that you want to go down. <laughs> and it, it could be really time and life consuming. So I wouldn't recommend going down all of them. Have some balance. <laughs> I have done that too. Yeah. I have got off the deep end with some stuff. But uh, no, I absolutely agree with that. And what... What other lies, I'm just going to term it that, what other things that you have come across that are perpetuated throughout Western medical, the Western medical system, that you have come to find are completely false or untrue? I think, um, you know, again, I started with when my, my, with the girls being little and everything that they were doing, I was, so one of the things that sounds kind of funny, but the dentist, right? So I was like, maybe we shouldn't, you know, fluoride treatments. Mm. No, don't do fluoride. You know, it, when you go and you study the history of fluoride, it's frightening. Um, don't do fluoride treatments, get toothpaste without fluoride, make sure your water is clean. Um, you know, I just kept going and going and going. I am a big fan of, um, uh, the truth about, uh, the truth about cancer, that, um, movement, I think it's the, the Bollinger's, Ty and Charlene Bollinger. And I think they also did um, some documentaries on um, the truth about shots. <laughs> so, so the, but some of these, um, you know, the chemotherapy and the radiation and what are some other things that we can do to, to I don't wanna say cure, but to help people who have cancer. Um, it's just unbelievable. I mean, there's so many things. It was, that was just, um, I just went around my whole house and was like, well, I don't want to perfume, hairspray, <laughs> soaps, shampoos. I mean, from the smallest things to the, the most monumental of things, right? I mean, it was, and like you're saying, you can overwhelm yourself with it. And, you know, just, so I, I just started to realize being as close to the earth and to nature that we can be, keeping things in its most, um, wholesome form. Um, but, oh my gosh, there's so many. And, and I think that, you know, it was interesting. So when the pandemic started, pandemic, um, I, you and I, we knew what, we knew what was coming, right? I mean, we, we weren't full. We weren't, we were ready. And I knew it was, so, and that was helpful knowing what was coming versus having having to so many people kind of got woken up I guess during that time which I think is good and they started to question everything it's been so interesting listening to people now now you hear people questioning going to the doctor at all um getting any kind of shot getting and it's like yes thank you for you know wake up and look at what's what's real in your life and educate yourself and do your own research. And again, just surround yourself with people that you can connect to because you, you believe the same things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Community is absolutely important. Exactly. And look what, 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 what did, what happened right during COVID? I mean, how many people were separated and kept yeah. alone and isolated? It's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was one of their goals too, because if they can disconnect us and separate us and have everyone fighting over things that are meaningless and may not even be true, maybe there right. is such thing as a virus, who knows? 
Yes. Or okay. how many masks do you have to wear? Oh my goodness. Actually, <laughs> I was quite the bit of a rebel. Um, oh. And I was on a flight and I had it like below my nose. And this guy, overweight, uh, just drove me nuts. He, he kept tapping me. So like, put it up. And I, I said no. And <laughs> he tells on me like a little kid. He, he tells the flight attendant, he's like, we're already in the air, so I don't know what can happen, but I'm just like, <laughs> all right, whatever. So, but yeah. And James, you had to, you, you should have checked out, um, what was it? Um, fake, fake masks. Did you ever see those? Um, where it's like, it looks like your face. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and, and so I got, I got a couple, because we were on flights too, and you can't breathe. So I got mm -hmm. the fake, but no one, no one ever said anything. So I guess and that's what was so dumb. I mean, I would look and people would, and my husband was one of them, cut the sleeve off something and put it over us. Come on. I mean, it, it was such, it was, to me, it was just, who's going to follow? Mm -hmm. Who's going to just follow the, oh my God, the stupid. I don't even know. Just, ugh. Nope. I mean, I think that's exactly what it is. I think someone had a really good laugh out of all this. So like, <laughs> what can we get these people to do? Unfortunately. Yeah. And hopefully people wake up it, you, you know what's weird though is that everything's kind of gone back to normal it's almost as if the past two or three years didn't even happen which that confuses the crap out of me and that's what makes me wonder it's like all right was was it one and done it's like once it's in there like you're completely disconnected and now you're just some ai drone that's something that popped up in my head i hope that's not the case but i mean i guess we don't know what it is no, and, and, you know, if you, was that a uh, rehearsal? Yeah. You know, are we, I, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing what they got away with. Yeah. Fool me once, shame I, on me. Right. Yeah, fool me twice. Don't get I know. Again. I like that you mentioned the fluoride too, because that's something that I've been honestly fascinated with, obsessed with, fluoride, iodine. I've been supplementing with iodine lately, and uh, I feel like it really boost my brain a little bit. We use yeah. that during the pregnancy because um, I've read into Dr. George Fletcher's work and uh, they produce like super intelligent babies with iodine. So. Well, and it's so interesting that you're saying that because with the, with the fluoride, you know, that makes you, it lowers IQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and, and I, I don't know how true this is. I think I read it somewhere that during, um, Maybe it was World War II, but they were some of the troops. I think, I don't know if it was, I wish I could speak historically correct here, but it was given to troops in other countries to kind of get them to follow orders. Mm -hmm. it, it just makes you, it dumbs you down. So, and, you know, I don't know if it interferes with the pineal gland. You know, we, and that's one thing that is so important to spirituality, right? I mean, the pineal gland, and I think so many of us, they're calcified. <laughs> Well, supposedly the fluoride calcifies it. So, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine? I just, I just think back and shudder when I used to have the, you know, as a kid growing up, they would shove those fluoride trays into my mouth, and it's like, ish. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm actually reading now that it's the main cause for acne. So. Oh, interesting. So, like, if you're fluoridating the body, not only are you going to have, so it makes harder teeth. It makes, um, it'll make your teeth harder. But what someone that I recently interviewed uh, mentioned was that he believes the main reason why they introduced this was so that people could eat the sugary processed foods without experiencing the tooth decay, meanwhile, destroying their bodies. So not only do you have the processed foods in your body, but now you have the fluoride that is um, causing fluorosis of the bones, which causing brittle bones. You wonder why we have these hip displacements or elderly people that are breaking bones so frequently. And they right. can't really recover from it. It's like the whole body is calcified. So, yeah, so. it's 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 interesting. It's they they create patients for life. Yep. You know, it's just patients yep. for life. You know, you got it, it, it. You mean the cholesterol myth? I mean, it, we it, you could just go on and on, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, you get these numbers and everyone's on a statin. You know, with with your cholesterol level at a certain whatever that number is and it's like oh my god we need cholesterol our brain is our hormones are made from that our brain is needs that to operate is oh there's a lot no, there's yes a lot. and it, i think what you mentioned there was perfect where it's like they make a customer for life 
So where do you see the future of medicine going with all these people awakening? And I hope, I pray that people want better for themselves, for us as a collective. Do you think more people in the medical system are going to be waking up and taking a leave and heading the naturopath route? Or when, this is going to be a separate question, so you can answer both. Where do you see the medical system going in the future? And um, also, when would be the time that you want to visit a doctor? Do we need these annual physicals? What do we actually need? Those are great. Yeah, you know, um, it was interesting to watch some of these um, MDs, right? Dr. Peter McAuliffe, you know, these these doctors that were MDs. And of course, when they came forward during COVID and were trying to help, um, and they were, of course, kind of blackballed or whatever. And then they, a lot of these guys went and created new, um, I guess, practices where they were able to do, it was just crazy to hear um, Dr. Zelenko, um, MDs, again, um, talking about supplements, which they, and they were like, it, to them, it was like, oh, did you know that you could use quercetin? It's, it's like, yeah, I've been, you know, but you know, that I think that's the good thing that we did see quite a bit of these um, kind of traditional doctors um, start to shift and then begin to um, create different, different and new practices where they're willing to work with the patient with the supplements and the good food and these types of things. Um, so I, I think it was hopefully, like you said, it's almost like it, I feel on some level, like you said, it disappeared. You know, we, people learn a lot and then they just kind of move on to the next thing. I, I hope that we can continue to move to a more natural, holistic approach. Um, you know, clearly we do need to go to a doctor. Sometimes we need surgeries, you know, you being a car accident, you can, you know, need a bone that needs to be mended or, but again, what can you do to speed up? You know, you can still do your own, your own thing on the side, like, um, to, you know, like my husband and I, we just bought a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. So I've been still kind of working on understanding HBOT a little bit more, um, and red light therapy and, and ways to use that to, you know, help with healing different things. Um, so I know, I mean, personally for myself, I don't go to the doctor on an annual basis anymore. I, I get pushed all the time, especially a woman of my age. When are you going to have your mammogram? Well, I'm not going to, you know, you, there's other ways to do things, you know, there's thomography, but I get a lot of that, you know, um, if I see my doctor. So, you know, I just, I, I personally just, because it seems like every time you go, they find something. You know, oh, your cholesterol's five points above. Here, take no, not taking a statin. I will do something. So it's there's always balance. Mm -hmm. There's the balance. You know, then you just just want to use good common sense. And personally, I think everyone should be talking to their naturopath or, you know, someone probably every six months or so just to do a check. Um, but no, I, I would not want to be in the system to the to the degree that so many people are. Mm -hmm. And I think what's so nice for like myself with having the PhD and being a doctor of naturopathy, I now have access to labs. I have I've been able to get stool studies for our clients that so they don't have to go to it. And so many times the doctor says, no, you don't need that. Well, you know, that may not that may or may not be true, but if people I want, again, want to meet people where they are and help them figure out what's going on. And these doctors, these regular doctors, they just, it's almost like they play God, right? And we've elevated them in some ways to that, but it's, no, you can't have this. Yes, you can have that. And I want to run my health, mm -hmm. you know? It's very disempowering to go to those offices. It you're, is. You're, you're putting your health in someone in someone else's hands. And that's something that I always say, your health is your responsibility, no one else's. Yes. And let me tell you something. And when it's, it's so interesting. So you, you know, you take your child to the doctor and they say, oh, it's time for their shots. And if and when that child has a reaction of any sort or any type down the road, 
that doctor can't be found to help or heal. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you just be sure that whenever you do, whatever your doctor recommends, get a second opinion or understand if things go sideways, you're going to be on your own. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's what happened with you. Yes. You, you will be on your own to figure it out. And it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. But you're here. You're here now. Yes. But it's, Every, <laughs> everything happens for a reason. Yes. Yeah. Now, I remember another thing that stuck out to me is the Taylor's doctor had mentioned that she would never go to college. And then sure enough, when I was working with her, she was heading off to college. I was like, that's so bad. I, that's what really drove me to start research. I'm like, oh, wow, there is a lot more to be uncovered. And there are just so many lies. Yes. And I, I appreciate you bringing that up, James, because, you know, that that I remember she was four and it stuck with me. And I thought and I this, it ended up this particular doctor was very helpful and we kind of became a family friend. And I remember thinking I, I left that day angry at him because I was like, I'll be damned if she's not at least if she doesn't go to college, it's going to be because she chooses not to. It's not be because of, you know, she can't. Yeah. And um we went back to see his um, partner um, about to during the during this whole pandemic thing, and um, and I remember so Taylor, Taylor's like twenty one, twenty two. We're sitting across from him, and he keeps asking me questions, and I, I was like, "Do you do that, or do you eat that?" And then he, he he finally said, "Taylor, do you live by yourself?" She was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Do you drive?" She was like, "Yeah," <laughs> but. He, because his son is in a, you know, he's in a residential community because his son had autism and was not mm-hmm. able to have, you know, wasn't able to get to that place, but he was blown away. And that was very rewarding for him to, to be able to see that she was at that point. This was the same doctor that had been, this was his partner. Oh. Um, yeah. It's, I don't know if you are familiar with, um, and I don't know if I told you this, but um, her doctor was Dr. Jeff Bradstreet, one of the many holistic or alternative type of doctors that have died under interesting circumstances. Yeah, that I looked into that and uh, that honestly scared me for a little bit uh, with putting out any of this information, but uh, I feel like it's my purpose, so I don't have fear. I have God behind me. This yeah. is my mission, and I agreed to carry it out. Well, and there was another just recent. I don't know if you were familiar with Dr. Buttar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just recently dropped, died suddenly for we don't know what for under interesting circumstances, but you know I think you're right, and I think I know with uh, Jeff, Dr. Jeff Bradstreet. I think he. He knew he he knew that it was dangerous, but he decided, like you said, it was his purpose, and he wasn't going to let up just because, you know, it's because of the fear. Yeah, I I just hope that it reaches enough ears one day, and enough people hear this type of stuff, where the masses start to stand up and they overwhelm what's currently going on. Yes, I do too. And, you know, I kind of started to feel some of that during the pandemic that people were like, we're not taking this, but mm-hmm. you know, people have short memories. Yeah. Sadly. It's a, it's an underdog story though. It's like initially people in our position, we feel like there's no hope, I guess, because it's just so overwhelming, but then you start to see people waking up and it's like, uh, you know what? I'm gonna keep fighting. Yeah, and we'll have to lose. I, you're right. If we have, you got to make your own. You got to kind of find your own hope. You've got to find it, and it's out there, you know. And that's just don't. I think that's just don't give up. Fully agree. It's kind of kind of simple to say, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, just push forward and, like you said, out of faith and you'll find that hope. And I, I truly believe our bodies, body, mind, and spirit wants to be whole and well. 
Yep. It's out there. Well, actually, it's in here. <laughs> yeah. True change happens internally. Yes. If uh, people are interested in working with you, how would they find you? On your, are you on social media or what website do you have? My website is um, www.wholeheartedlyyours.org. Um, and um, I'm happy to put out my phone number if that's okay. I'm, people are more than welcome to call me or reach me by my email, which is uh, Dr. Bethany at wholeheartedholisticsolutions.com. Yeah, it's a long one. <laughs> um, and my number is 352-449-8421. And um, just give me a call or a text. Awesome. Thank you for providing that, Bethany. Oh, thank you.